Point Guard is a production of iHeartRadio. I went to St. John's being All-American. My first day at practice, I'm sitting there like, I don't belong. I got to step my game up. I'm, 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 this, is, this is another level. And the same thing happened going into the NBA. Welcome to the Point God Podcast. I am your host, Baron Davis, a.k.a. Boom Dizzle, a.k.a. Too Easy, a.k.a. I'm just happy to be here to interview another, ladies and gentlemen, another God, the God flow. I call him the Godfather. The essence, the spirit, the preach, the coach, the eyes, the vision. Tell y'all a little story. Growing up in Los Angeles, California, I got my first opportunity to really play at UCLA. In walks the 6'5", light-skinned, 215-pound point guard. And I watched him post up 6'8 guys, 6'10 guys. And not only was he posting up, he was dictating from the post how to pass, how to find, making his teammates better. Now, I'm sure you know who this is. Right? I'm sure you know who this is. NBA superstar, New York Nick legend. New York Nick streetball legend, New York Nick high school legend, New York college legend, New York announcer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the eyes beyond the eyes, the godly eyes, the voice of the future and the stars of the NBA, the coach of one of the deadliest point guards ever, the initiator, the setup man. The guy who used to post me up and give me hell, ladies and gentlemen. None other than the great Mark Jackson. <laughs> oh, I'm done, man. I'm done. The initiator, the, the dictator, the, the precision, right? No, I'm done. You can't introduce me like that. Hey, come on. Go. Hey, come it's on, It's downhill man. from here, my man. I can't live up to <laughs> no. that. Man, this is the – thank you for doing this show, for point for doing the Point Guy show. I am super excited to have you because you – you're like you're like my cloth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're like my cloth growing up, being a big guard, right, and understanding how to – how to mastermind the game? Can you can we gonna walk through the story? But but just the first question: When your approach to the game of basketball was very very unique, can you walk us through like what was it like being Mark Jackson going to a game, knowing that you were commanding the point guard? What were you thinking? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. When the call was made, it was a no-brainer. So much love and appreciation and respect for you, not only on the floor but off the floor and all the things you continue to do, the mind that you have, the impact that you have. Uh, so it's a no-brainer for me to embrace it and say 100% I'm on board. It's a great question you ask. Um, 
it's like a great maestro dictating an orchestra. Yep. It's like a great quarterback dictating the offense. Uh, a, a, a great catcher dictating the way the game is yeah. being pitched. I was fortunate enough to watch some of the greatest players in the history of the game as a kid. Hmm. And I kept my eyes on a guy you're very familiar with, Magic Johnson. Absolutely. And watched him control the entire floor of a game, whether he scored or didn't score. And I'm fortunate enough that as a kid, realized immediately I didn't have Baron Davis's explosiveness. I didn't have his quickness. I didn't have his athletic ability. But one thing I did have was an understanding of the game. So I watched, learned, I listened, and uh, it was my avenue that if I wanted to make it, that was the way I was going to make it, being smarter than everybody else because all the other boxes they checked. And it was able to sustain me. And it was truly a blessing to not give me those tools because I wouldn't have played 17 years mm. if I was as explosive or jumping and going because I wouldn't have learned the game because right. I would have gotten away with stuff. So I didn't have that step to lose when I got older. Yep. I never had it. So <laughs> I was still playing the same way in year right. 17 that I played in year five. So it was, a, it was an advantage and, tr- and truly a blessing. It, 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 the Mecca. You're from the Mecca. Why is New York called the Mecca? And, and, and introduce me to the 10-year-old, 11-year-old Mark Jackson. I'm glad you said the 10-year-old, 11-year-old, because at seven I was the worst player on my team, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which was an advantage. I'm on a team and I'm sitting there and I scored one point the entire year. Got to the free throw line, made one, missed one. But I remember that one point at 56 years old as if it was five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, and then at 10, 11 years old, I became the best player on the team. I humbly submit. But New York City, there's no place like it. Right. There is absolutely no place like it. I, I don't, the, the great thing you would appreciate is you can be a 10-year-old you know, star, yep. 11-year-old guy around the neighborhood that everybody loves. You go into that playground, you go into that court, they're coming after you. Absolutely. So the same mentality. I, I was fortunate enough to win rookie of the year. The next day I'm in yep. the park. They coming after me. Yep. So you got something to prove every single day, and it gives you an edge and a chip and a swag that no place else gives you. But, like, 10 years old, right? Because, like, here, like, we got young point guards watching. We got the old heads. We got the basketball enthusiasts. At 10 years old, right, what clicked, right? What, what, when did it and, – and I assume around that time, like, what clicked? How did it click? What made you say, like, oh, this is what I want to do? And And who was the inspiration behind that? Well, my mom and dad, first Mm -hmm. of all, instilled a lot of confidence in me, instilled love and appreciation and and the dedication and the mindset. Uh, But at at 11 years old, I fell in love with a guy by the name of Earl of Pearl Monroe. Ooh. they called him Black Jesus. Black Jesus. And he went to Winston-Salem. And he was a guy... That was the two guys that, you know, they say, well, I can back guys up and post them up and bring it up the floor this way. It's because I watched Earl Monroe. Mm. So I watched Earl do it, not backing guys up, but getting them to the place and then shooting a facial jumper in their face. I watched him with smoothness and grace. I watched him with the pearly white smile. And and I wore number 15 until I got to high school Uh when the guy in front of me had it so I couldn't wear it anymore. So I was in love with him. Then going from a guy like Earl Monroe that was a two-guard, that had his back to the basket and made plays that way to watching Magic Johnson, yep. who was bringing the floor, the ball up the floor with his back to the, the yeah. defender. So 
by default, that's the only way I ever knew how to bring the ball up the floor wow. and initiate the offense. And I didn't lose the vision because I was fortunate enough to have the vision to even with my back turned see all the action. So it was at 11 years old that it clicked. Not that I was great, but my understanding of the game. And I was, with all due respect, better than the guys yeah. my age. And I felt like I was able to do different things on the court. Yo, you know what time it is. You know, this show wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for our sponsors. Let them have it. But you go back in the neighborhood, and we wasn't playing against 11-year-old guys. Right. We were right. playing against older guys, so they was giving me the business. Yes. I'd watch my older brother pick sides and not select me. I'm sitting there like, yo, dude, what are we doing? And he's sitting there after the third pick, I got you, I got yeah. you. The fourth pick, I got you. And then the fifth pick, and I'm sitting there like, now I'm nine, nine next removed, so I'm never on the court. But right. those valuable lessons that put you in position to be successful and actually appreciate it when you finally do get the opportunity. Yeah, uh, and, and were you always, like, taller than everybody else, or were you a smaller guard? That, like, when, when, did, when did this growth spurt happen, or – you know, because yeah. you're, you're a big guard. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't always a, a big guard. I was. I was small, even going into high school. I was probably five nine, five ten. Oh wow! Uh, my senior year in high school, I was probably six two, six three, and we won. The, we're the only undisputed number one team in the history of New York State, because the, for the one year everybody played. Wow! The best played the best, and they had one champion. Then they didn't do it anymore. Wow! Uh, what was that like? It was unbelievable. <laughs> I was the biggest guy on my team. So we started all small guys. We'd pick up full court and harass teams. And defensively, I played the center. But offensively, I played the point guard position. But we had a, we had a blast. And, and uh, it was just, a, it was just a, a joy to play around New York City and yeah. to face the different challenges that, that you have to face every single night. Especially like in high, like in high school because it's like, you know, I'm talking to Sham. And I'm talking to Rafer, and, and Sham is saying, yo, you got to go play against Rafer. And, like, basically in New York, the essence of the city is, okay, you the best point guard. We're about to parade you around and take you to all the boroughs to kind of hone your skills. Is that is that, like, the essence of, of, of a New York point guard is when you know, like, all right, I've arrived. I'm in high school. I've arrived because they parading you around taking you to the parks, things like that? You know you've arrived, but there's a dude waiting Absolutely. On, on, on the side for you. <laughs> Think about it. I was – we I humbly submit we had the greatest point guard uh, class in New York City history. Talk when about it. When you're talking it. about four point guards that went mm-hmm. on to, you know, start in college and, and go on to play in the NBA. And I was – the expert said, and I'm not going to argue with him, I was the fourth best point guard in the uh-huh. class. Uh-huh. When you're talking about – Pearl Washington, yep. who is absolutely incredible, or yep. was, God rest his soul, but um, a guy that had people afraid of him, yeah. older and younger. You're talking about Kenny Smith, yep. who went on to North, University of North Carolina and did great things and won two championships yep. with the Houston Rockets. You're talking about Kenny Hutchinson, a 6'5 point guard yeah. that as a freshman won the, won the city championship in the public school league, starting wow. as a point guard, going on to play at University of Arkansas and unfortunately battled drug issues yeah. and but, uh, but had a wonderful career. I was the fourth guy in, in that class, but we had guys. And behind that, the junior class that year was Rod Strickland, Boo Harvey, oh my God, Sham, God knows. So, <laughs> so you had to see somebody every single night. Yeah. And in and, and my class also was 
the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, Billy Donovan. Wow. So we were, we were absolutely loaded. And, yeah, was stacked. And I'm proud to be part of that class. I love that. I love that because every time we talk about, like, New York, we, there's always three or four other, you know what I mean, legends and, 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 and just great players. And then just zeroing back on you, like, you're in high school, right? And y'all won the state, right? Y'all won the whole thing. You still got to go to Rucker Park, right? But was there pressure? Like, what, what, what was the decision? <laughs> what was the decision for you to go to St. John's, being in New York City, kind of being, you know, um, somebody like the young kids idolize, you know what I mean? And the older dudes was, was champion, you know what I mean, was right. champion. Like, what, what was that process like in high school? It, it was it was great, and there's certainly I don't know if that was a trick question. You know there was pressure. Yeah, the bright lights, <laughs> in, the bright lights in New York City. There's absolutely pressure, and 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 the opportunity to go. I wasn't a guy like you recruited all around the world. Uh-huh. I was a late guy being recruited because they fell. In. And even St. John said, "Look, we're recruiting Pearl Washington, Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, Kenny Hutchison. Yeah. The first one that says they want to come, we're going to take." So I was almost in a rush to make right. a decision. Um, and I didn't know where I wanted to go. But ultimately, the, the, the two things that stood out for me was I wanted to be close to my mom and dad. Yeah. You know, the, the impact they had in my life. I wanted to be around my family. And I wouldn't have that going somewhere out of town. So I wanted to stay close because I wanted to be around my family. And then the, playing for a Hall of Fame coach in Luke Hunter second. Right. 96 years old, still. Alive, He's still, moving, still calling, <laughs> still sharp, still asking by people by name and asking how I'm doing and what's yeah. going on. And I mean, the relationship that the real coaches, the real yeah. coaches that impact our lives, right? We still call them coach today, Absolutely. and we still have a relationship and a love and appreciation for that man and the impact he's had on my life. I'm forever grateful, and it made my decision that much easier. Yo, 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 we got to tap in real quick. We, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Talk about the importance of, like, like the chemistry that you and Lou had, right? Because, you know, these young point guards are out here. They're going to college now and making that transition, being this star with all this pressure. Now you're going to St. John's, which is more pressure, right? But you have this coach and, you know, just kind of, like, reading and researching. It felt like you guys were, like, uh, uh, one brain. You know what I mean? Right. Or, like, he gave – you the keys to kind of narrate your story. Right. You know what I mean? What was that like going into St. John's and and that conversation? I was fortunate enough to face some adversity, meaning I went and as a guy, I would would compare him to Mike Conley today. Imagine Mike Conley in college or in the pros. Maestro, left-handed, jumper, smooth, doesn't make mistakes, solid defender, uh, incredible basketball mind. Yeah. He... I came to St. John's, and there was a guy very similar to Mike Conley that was a junior at the time. Oh, wow. So now I, I, I'm not – you're not, not going to start me as good as I am. I got a reliable dude in college. Yeah. And I could have very well, to speak to your question about the kids today, I could have been like, oh, Coach Trippin. Yeah. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. My parents could have been at the game like, why are you not playing them? I waited my turn. A couple of games into the season, Coach realized, okay, man, this kid – Jackson ain't bad. You know, let me, let me play them together. Yeah. So I forced his hand and we played together. The second year, we get a, a guy transferring into town 
by the name of Walter Berry that you're very familiar with. So now we can't play small all the way because you got to start him. Yep. So I, I came off the bench in the final four season and played a lot. Yep. But at the end of the day, I waited my turn. And, and, and to speak to you, to answer your question again, my mindset was I want to think like this guy, hmm. meaning Coach Connor second. Yep. I want to make sure that I'm an extension of him on the court. I don't want him to look. I don't want to have to look at him and say, "What are we running?" Right. I want to be so tied together that I understand what his thought process is, and that we think alike as a unit. And so that that's the advantage of being a real point guard in the game today. It's not just about me getting mine, and I'm going to. You can take over the game without scoring. I've seen you do it. Yeah. Take over the game without scoring a basket. Now right. that doesn't mean you don't score. It's a, it's a fine line and a great mixture of getting yeah. guys involved and, and making sure your presence is felt at all times. But it's it, it, it's also. And, and I, I would assume this is why you like magic so much. There's a magic to it. Oh, my goodness. Right? There's, there, there's walk, walk me through Mark Jackson's brain of the science and the art, right? And so a question we ask is if there are five artists, right, that represents Mark Jackson as a basketball player, or three, who would those artists be? Artists as far as mu- music? Painter, music, <laughs> any form of art, That's a actor, great question. You know. That's a, that's, a, that's a great one. I will probably say Jay-Z. Yep. Because he continues to get it done. Yep. The longevity of his career, not just as a rapper, but as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. as a husband, as a father. We've seen the growth and the maturity. Yep. And it's something to be recognized and saluted. Um, as a business mind also, I'd probably say Denzel Washington. I was going to say that. And, and, uh. and I say this with great humility because you might be looking at the thing that says, okay, Jay-Z and, and Denzel. It, I'm not talking about it's that. The, it's the patience. It's the, yeah. it, it's the, it's the fine right, wine. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And, and what we don't, more so what I'm pointing at is what we, the Jay-Z and the Denzel that we didn't see right. before they got to the bright stage right. because it was a grind and a hustle prior to the bright stage yep. that we, we can, you know, a lot of us forget about it. Yeah. So I, I recognize that in the pursuit of greatness and the chase of greatness and never being satisfied with both of those guys. They don't think, okay, I've arrived. They, yep. it's, the, it's the next thing for them. It's the next, next chase. Uh, and the third person, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a tough one. I, I, I don't have a third one. I, I would want to throw one at you. because I'm, sure, I'm sure you do. <laughs> you seem like the type of guy that's doing the interview and have the answers. I got no, you. <laughs> no, I, I, I always used to call you uh, Michael Jackson. Action, Michael Jackson. Oh, you know, I was thinking about that. You know what I mean? Because, like, you had, you had the ability to dance at a pace and, like, do shit and see, like, there was, like, this whole, like, <laughs> mo- like you know what I mean? Like, your back down was, like, moonwalking, <laughs> man, right? You're too you, kind, man. No, you're, come too, on. you're too kind, man. I was on the defensive <laughs> end of this. You already know. Don't play, man. I had, to, <laughs> I had to guard you in Indiana. I had to guard you in Toronto. Indiana was, like, all right, who you want to guard, Mark Jackson, or you want to chase around Reggie Miller? I'm like, shit, I'm going to chase Reggie Miller. I don't, I don't want no parts of this. Okay, I appreciate the respect and the love and everything you're saying, and I, I, I receive it. But I wish you would have given me this love when you were 
playing against me a little no, bit no, more. No, no, no. <laughs> I remember clearing the side at 100 miles per hour and returning the favor, me asking for double teams to come quicker. I mean, you were, you were absolutely as, as good as it gets at the point guard position. And it was a joy to watch you go from a young kid with dreams yeah. and hopes and aspirations at UCLA to a, a, an incredible basketball career where you did it on your terms. And, and there were people that followed you and, and, and appreciated your, your walk and your display on the basketball court. And me as a guy that came, came before you can certainly appreciate it and salute all that you've done and continue to do. Yeah, but this show is about you, <laughs> OG. You know what I mean? And, and this is your roses. This is your stage. And for me, I would say just to reciprocate that is like even at UCLA, right, the generosity, the wealth of knowledge, the tidbits, right, the, 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 the accents, I call them the tools to life, right? Because you can't be a great painter if somebody doesn't give you paintbrushes and different brushes and different paint. And so growing up, seeing you at UCLA, being around, like people, I was exposed to so much, right? But you were so generous, and being a giver, that is it a reflection, right, of who you are on the court, right? And so for me, it's like your choice, right? It was your choice, the way you wanted to write your history. You know what I mean? How, would you, how, did, how did you look at it going in New York as a rookie, right, being a rookie of the year, like, what was the thought going in? I left college. Now I'm going into the pros. Like, who am I going to be? Right? Because you change. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You change. Like, <laughs> your game was humble, but it was brandioche. You know what I mean? Walk me through that extension. Well, you don't make it, and you can attest to this, without folks supporting you and encouraging you. Yeah. I went to St. John's being All-American. My first day in practice, I'm sitting there like, I don't belong. You got Chris Mullins shooting 25, 35-footers, yeah. hitting nothing but the bottom of the net. Bill Winnington, a champion with the Chicago Bulls, tearing the rim down. You got Walter Berry. You got just great, great players. Where I'm yeah. sitting there like, I got to step my game up. I'm, 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 this, is, this is another level. And the same thing happened going into the NBA. And I realized right away, I would not have played 17 years and been able to accomplish what I had accomplished if I had not had Patrick Ewing as the superstar player on my team that embraced me, realizing I can bring something to the table and assist him, or I had a Hall of Fame coach in Rick Pitino. You know the importance of having Absolutely. a coach that believes in you and allows you to play through mistakes and flaws and mishaps and still encourages you and inspires you. If he would have put me in cuffs, and not allow me to make mistakes and develop, you know, at, at a pace that, that put us in position to win, I don't play 17 years. Right. I know places that would have drafted me, and I would. there's a chance I wouldn't have made it in the league. Mm -hmm. But having a coach that believed in me, having it's a superstar, it, it's crucial. It's no everything. matter how bad, or meaning bad, how much of a bad boy you are, yep. you need folks that believe in you and allow you to make mistakes. And, and, and give you that song. Absolutely. Right. Point God is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app.
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.